Welcome to How Did It Come To This, where news is a window to history. Sitting next to me is a woman who is in the same room Yay. and at the same workplace. Hooray! It's Siobhan Doherty. <laughs> Hello. And unfortunately not joining us today because he's not at our same workplace no. anymore. Is uh, James Tuckwell. He's... Uh, yes. He to, he'll be back. He though. will be back. He'll he'll come, be, he will come back. Yes. We're going to Zoom and yeah. figure out the distance. Yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. But yeah. today he sadly... Is missing. Yeah, so no fact-checking. No fact-checking uh, today. Uh, so, um, look, if we get things wrong, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, don't at me. You can... F- no, yeah, yeah, no yeah, at you me. You can at me. Uh, and Fact-check uh, for us. Yeah, yeah. Send, us, send us. us an email. Yeah. yeah. People don't send me emails anymore. Oh, is um, it because I haven't got one on for a long, long time. I, I think that's probably exactly what it is. Sorry we've been gone so I long, know, guys. It's been ridiculous. It has been but, ridiculous. Yeah. But we work together again. Yes. Which so is facilitating this. It's making this way easier. Yes, yes. But um, <laughs> I really like. It's been so nice having people ask about it so often. Like I have um, had a lot of people yeah. ask in yeah. person. People, in per- people yeah. asking me in person, yeah. which is like funny. I know. Um, although, actually, having said that, I didn't get any. I did get an email. Oh. Uh, from someone in India. Cool. Saying. When are you coming back? Oh. So to our Indian fans. <laughs> Hi, guys. Hi. And uh, we're back. We're back. We're Hooray. back. Yes. Yes. Um, and lots of stuff's been going down globally. Lots so. and lots of things are going down. <laughs> so it was um, actually hard to kind of narrow in on a subject to do first. Well, we've got lots I don't, of ideas. I mean, there's definitely lots of things coming. But yes. uh, as far as the first one goes, I had mm. so many requests yeah, that we covered too. this topic. Yes. And I'm sure people could probably guess what that is. But yes. let, why don't we, I'll, I'll get into Just it. Just let's <clears> get into <throat> it. Yeah. This week, the cradle of civilization has been a hotly contested region since we have been able to record our conquests. Many people, groups, kingdoms, empires and nations have called the land of Southern Levant home, and it is no different today. Israel and Palestine have been locked in dispute over land of the Eastern Mediterranean for decades, and recent events have brought into sharp focus the difficulties in bringing resolution to this land. How do we untangle the web of this conflict? How do we determine who owns land? How did these conflicts begin? Is it Canaan? Is it Palestine? Is it Israel? How much responsibility does the international community bear? Does understanding 5,000 years of history make a difference? What do two Anglo-Saxon teachers know about this topic? And ultimately, how did it come <laughs> to this? There we go. Very good. You haven't lost your touch. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so if, yeah. You, yeah, if you haven't guessed. <laughs> Israel and Palestine. Israel and Palestine. I had a lot of requests. People yes. like, I don't understand what's going on. Yes. I don't get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I can understand yeah. people not understanding yeah. this topic because it is large and it's complex huge. yeah yeah um been dominating the news cycle f- since october it has um and if you are sort of ar- around our age or younger like it's kind of been quietish ish or like certainly hasn't dominated the news no for a, lot a long of time the 21st century i yeah. feel like obviously i do remember there were, there were blips and yeah when we were kids it was a lot yeah. There was a lot more stuff yeah, that I stuff remember. Yeah, stuff going on in the 90s yeah. um, with Clinton and, and yeah. <laughs> he did some stuff. and <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I can understand why it feels like such a foreign topic and people don't really understand what's going on. So yes. we'll delve into yes. it for you. Um, also, before we fully delve into it, mm. um, I did want to declare that I have a bias in this, Siobhan. Go. Um, so uh, some of you already know that I am a Christian and uh, so I – I'm a little bit biased in this. It's got to do with a lot of different things that are going on, but mm-hmm. I've tried to really keep right. things separate uh-huh. uh, and really dig into oh, it. That's like um, we always have bias. We do, but we? I thought I'd just this declare a, that one. Yeah. This is one that's probably good to declare. Yeah, yeah <laughs> fair enough. I'm, I mean, I'm very bad at hiding my bias, I think, when it comes to these topics. I have opinions. Look, that's fine. And um, <laughs> mine's not coming from anywhere of like religious. It's just I, I well, have I thought, opinions. I thought too, and <laughs> we are going to get into this, but the I think the religious aspect of this mm, topic yeah. is central yes absolutely and so 
it's gonna come. Think, it's gonna come up almost. You take the religion out of it, and almost it wouldn't have happened nearly. Mm. Like I mean, that's a huge thing to and say, but like, yep. <laughs> but yep. yeah, like it's 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 central yes. to the the issues. So yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so our news story for this week. Yeah. Uh, this uh, happened this morning. This is from ABC News Australia. This morning. Yes. Finger on the pulse. Oh well, you know. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, so this was an article titled US Proposes UN Security Council Oppose Rafa Assault Back Temporary Gaza Ceasefire. And it reads, the United States has proposed an alternative draft United Nations Security Council resolution calling for a temporary ceasefire in the Israel-Gaza war and opposing a major Israeli ground offensive in Rafa in southern Gaza. Washington has been averse to the word ceasefire in any UN action on the war, but the draft, the draft text seen by Reuters news agency on Monday echoes language that President Joe Biden sent he used last week in conversations with Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Uh, the draft text determines that under current circumstances, a major ground offensive into Rafah would result in further harm to civilians and their further displacement, including potentially into neighbouring countries. Israel plans to storm Rafah, where more than 1 million of the 2.3 million Palestinians in Gaza have sought shelter, prompting international concern that such a move would sharply worsen the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. The draft US resolution says such a move would have serious implications for regional peace and security and therefore underscores that such a major ground offensive should not proceed under current circumstances. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so yeah. last few months uh, have been... Really uh, hard to watch. Uh, yeah. Like, I, I've been, like, brought to tears a couple of times just, like, watching the news and seeing what's going on. And for me, it's the kids, like, watching mm. all the... Mm. Oh, it's just yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, and um, and a lot of like I don't like to use the word unprecedented because it's probably not if you go back far enough. Sure. But but things like um, South Africa bringing the charges against Israel to mm. the International Court of Human Justice, mm. and, um, lots of use of the word genocide being bandied around yep, and yep. um it's yeah i mean i feel like we haven't faced anything like that on this scale um since like the holocaust which is gonna mm. be like something that we will talk about obviously sure yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. you reckon oh. <laughs> all right well okay we're we're gonna go back Mm-hmm. We're gonna go. We're gonna go um, way I'm, back. I'm gonna take it way <laughs> back. Um, so today's gonna. We're gonna cover a long period of time today. Yeah. Um, because I think we're just gonna kind of establish a whole whole bunch of range of different things that were going on yes. for a long, long time. Yeah. And then in our next, we are gonna do two parts. So yes. in the next episode, at least um, <laughs> it could be three. Yeah. In the next episode, we're gonna focus in on like. Yeah. really recent yeah. events that like are very complex. Yeah. Yeah. So the break today is like the creation of the state of Israel and like, we'll get to that and then, yep. yeah, we'll do post that in yes. episode two. Yes. Yep. So we're going to go, Let's we're going to go, go back. back. We're going to go back to 3000 BCE. Wow. You ready? Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. I'll be back. So, thank you, Huey Lewis and the news. Um, that was different. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, uh, we, I, th- I thought, well, let's, you know, a, a lot of a lot of what people say about this topic is often like, well, who's lived there the longest? Who owns mm. the land? Who like mm. who does it belong to? Yeah, would that just sort it all out? Yeah, um, if only. So, well, let's yeah. answer that question, yeah, shall we? Yeah. Well, okay. the, I think the big problem is. Um, that when we go back far enough, there are so many different mm. places that have claimed this yeah. land yeah. Um, that it becomes super complex. So yeah. um, if you if you don't know where Israel is, mm. hopefully you were listening in your geography lessons at some point and you looked at a world map and yeah. have a vague idea yeah. that it is on the eastern Mediterranean mm-hmm. um, and it is a place often referred to as the Levant, L-E-V-A-N-T, yeah. um, which is like this area of that, the whole Eastern Mediterranean region. Mm-hmm. So it, it stretches from like Turkey all the way down to Egypt. Yeah. And that's called the Levant. Yeah. Um, and uh, the the records that we have go back as far as sort of written records that exist. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, if we go back to sort of 3000 BCE, mm-hmm. uh, we call it the land of Canaan mm-hmm. um, or um, you might also recognise the term Phoenicians. Ah, yeah. So um, the the land of Canaan 
and the Canaanites is mm-hmm. not one people group. No. There were lots of tribes yeah. during this time period. Um, and we get the term Canaan and Canaanites from the Bible. Yep. Um, which is which our is biggest source main source. on this. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um, and most of this stuff is fairly well corroborated. Yeah. Um, the Bible is a historical document. Yeah. Confirmed by archaeology in a lot okay. of places is quite good. I was going to ask, this will be your, like, so to what extent do we trust uh, the Old Testament Bible as a historical there, source? Like, like there was, um, for a long time, sort of after we get to, uh, when we start talking about the, like, the modern reformation of histor- like historical documents, mm. you know, so when we when we bring science into it, yeah, people are like, well, the Bible's bogus because yeah. ar- archaeology doesn't back it up. Is that kind of the, around the Renaissance? Yeah, or but the like, more the more finds that we've had since yeah. then, yeah, the more we've kind of found. Oh, actually, That's that king from the Bible's in it. That yeah. king from the Bible's that yeah, that right. tribe. Of, uh, yeah, and okay. it's been more and more confirmed as yeah. we've gone along. So, okay. as a historical document, it's pretty well trusted. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yes, we have the Canaanites. Lots of tribes. Were there twelve? Um, the 12 tribes of Israel. Yeah. So there were that, 12. Yeah. yeah so that, that, that comes from when that's the story of the Exodus when uh-huh. um, the Israelites leave Egypt yeah. and settle. Is that Ramesses? Um, well, Ramesses? that's that's was also that? debated. Okay. Um, the first mention. I'm getting that from the Prince of Egypt, which is like how I know. <laughs> Prince of Egypt <laughs> is great. Yes. Great movie. Um, I love that soundtrack. <laughs> but um, as far as the Pharaoh. <laughs> Actually, one of the big problems in history, mm-hmm. in ancient history, mm-hmm. that we have at the minute is that the Egyptian chronology um, is, is, is hotly not as debated. reliable as it's the Bible. It's hotly debated. <laughs> it's actually hotly debated yeah, yeah, right. because the only sources we have for that were um, we've got two. Well, we've got two walls. hieroglyphic yeah. sections that talk about dates, yeah. and they don't reconcile. Okay. And there's large sections where it's like, hey, this mythical pharaoh that we think doesn't exist is in there oh, and then there's like lists okay. that don't match up and the times don't match up and there you go. so sometimes uh yeah there'll be debate about where like mm. where that yeah. fits yeah. and the, there's a debate about where the israelites fit in yeah this the is, whole egyptian chronology yeah. too and what pharaoh is it who is yeah. it we don't this is my whole beef with ancient history like <laughs> ancient history is tricky. If you can't sort out what's real it's and tricky. what's not i'm not interested <laughs> it's tricky um so um yes so uh, if we're talking about um, the, the first kind of settlers in this area, mm-hmm. there's lots of tribes. Mm-hmm. And then um, the, the idea of the, the Canaanites mm-hmm. as a thing, um, like Egypt refers to the Canaanites as yeah. like, you know, that, the group of people that yeah. live up there. Is Abraham um, here at this time or is this post-Abraham? Yeah, Abraham probably... Probably about three thousand BC. All right, so he's getting around around this time. Um, and then obviously after Abraham, that's when they go into Egypt. Right. And then they come back out. And then they, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> like, we don't like this here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the um, labor laws suck. So there's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have some laughs True. now because I just don't think there'll be much laughing when we get further on. No, so, definitely not. Yeah, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> uh, and. So yeah, so uh, they do. Um, once once they come back out, they kick out a bunch of the Canaanites, mm-hmm. and including who you might have heard of, a group particularly called the Philistines. Aha. Uh-huh. So the Philistines uh, were I was a tribe. Be like my dad's one of those. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Dad, I'm joking. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> uh, Philistines were a tribe on the coast. They are where the Greek word Phoenician. Yeah. comes from uh-huh. right so that's that's the translation yeah. of that yeah um okay. and also we think they were one of the people groups inside the sea peoples so if you've ever heard of the sea peoples before this was a group that invaded egypt at some point okay i can't exactly remember when mm-hmm. um might not have happened but they call them the sea people and we're okay. like who's that okay um we think potential at this point the current theory is <laughs> it was a bunch of different mediterranean groups that joined yeah. forces to attack Egypt. Right. And we think the Philistines were part of that. Of that. The okay. Phoenicians, sea peoples, they're all yeah. kind of wrapped up together. But yeah. Um, so after, after the Israelites leave Egypt, they take over all of this area yeah. and set up the kingdom of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first kind of mention of the, of Israel as a, mm. um, as an entity um, is during the reign of um, Pharaoh Merneptah, who is the son of Ramses II. 
Okay. And that's in 1209 BCE. Oh, we're still eating at 1209. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're at 1209. <laughs> um, and so Great. the so we know that they were there. We yeah. know that they were setting up mm-hmm. as a as a kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get uh, the kingdom of Israel and Judah. They split apart. Oh, I did read about separate this. Yes, is this King kingdoms. Solomon? Um, so, well, so, uh, you might know King David. Yes. So King David is the second king of Israel. Okay. Was he Solomon's son? No, David was his dad. So. Oh, David, David first. So there's, there's King Saul. Okay. He's the first king. Okay. No, no one likes him. He ends up being a bit dodge. Okay. Um, David succeeds him as Uh king, is known as like the best king ever. Uh Uh-huh. And then his son, Solomon, Mm -hmm. um, who Cutting babies the in first. half and stuff. What? Is that, that one? <laughs> um, you're not far off. <laughs> or He's, more than yeah, one no, no, no. They, they, they bring a baby to him and say, Yes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah, he, yeah. Didn't actually, he didn't actually. It's he a says, If we or cut it in half, yeah. and then the real mother says, No, no don't, don't do that. Do it. She can have yes, it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, Wise, I believe. Well, so Solomon. Um, uh, his his story is that mm. he asks God for wisdom, so uh-huh. he becomes uh-huh. the wisest king. Cool. That's the, that's the story in the Bible, Good and um and then he, when he dies, things go a bit awry. Um, but Solomon builds the first temple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and which is a, a huge, yeah, massive temple. Um, do we have archaeological remains of that? Or? Uh, well, no, because it's where the current temple would have been, where the current mosque, yeah. down to the rock mosque, yeah. is. So archaeology there is kind of banned. tricky. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> For a bunch of we know reasons. we know where it would have been. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, That's cool. And the dimensions are huge. Like it's it's a uh-huh. massive. It would have been a massive structure. Okay. Um, and so. Um, there's uh yeah so that that's mm. that's kind of the, the, there's a split between the kingdoms. Um, oh, I have a date for that. That's nine thirty one BC. Nine thirty one BC. On the timeline. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, and uh, the traditionally held that the kingdom of Israel, they were, um, they were less kind of righteous inverted commas I'm putting up here okay um in in this in like the story right as it goes like um the kings of Israel kind of sucked yeah the baddies um, they didn't follow God they didn't do okay. those things okay and then the kingdom of Judah were a bit better okay at doing those types of things okay um and the split kind of um weakens the state as a whole I guess is okay. is kind of the yes. upshot of all of that yep um and then when so we the get to yeah when that. we get to sort of 732 mm-hmm. BCE um we get invasions from the Assyrians. So the Assyrians were a, an empire that spanned kind of most of um, what you would call Iran mm-hmm. today yeah. um, into Egypt, yeah. up into Turkey, like those kind of... They like, like they were the quite precursors big. of the Persians. Yes, yeah. because what happens... Uh, so they, they kind of, they attack um, Israel quite a few times. They get mm. repelled quite a few times mm-hmm. um, and sort of... Um, Eventually, by the end of the Assyrian attacks, um, we end up in the Babylonian yep. period, mm-hmm. um, which happens in sort of 587 BCE. You could have played the Rivers of Babylon. <laughs> I could have. <laughs> um, and could be our outro. <laughs> when the Babylonian, so the Babylonian Empire, so the Assyrians kind of it kind of turns into mm. like it's all a bit. Yeah, like according to my timeline, this is like a couple of hundred years later, like um, we're looking at like 568 BC is when the Babylonians conquered Jerusalem. Yeah, like and and when they when they conquer Jerusalem, they really conquer, like yes. they, 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 they conquer Jerusalem and they take all of the Israelite, like all of Israel, they take them all. Is that when the DS, diaspora starts? Yes, this is the what they call the first diaspora mm. or um, the Jewish people will call it the, um, the exile. Right. Yeah. Um, so um, they were all taken to Babylon as captives mm. uh, and used as slave labor and yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and the Babylonian Empire rules um, all that same sort of area that I was talking about with the Assyrians. Yep. And they were, you know, uh, during this time period, so the, the you know five hundreds mm-hmm. BCE, they were the dominant power. Yeah. Uh, in the region, probably the biggest empire in the world at the time. Mm. Um, and so uh, 
as that empire goes, again, it gets a bit murky because the Babylonians kind of turn into the Persians. Yeah. Like there's like a um, a lot of a lot of these empires at this point in time uh, kind of conquer, like they get conquered or yeah. conquer or they yeah. just kind of change leader and become a different thing, yeah. different entity. So um, like the dates that you had, I had all that. And then I've just written conquered and ruled by Persians, Greeks, Romans, Arabs, Fatimids, Seljuk Turks, Crusaders, Egyptians, Mal- M- Mamelukes and is- Islamists. And I'm like, you know what? That'll do. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. So like the Persians turn into the Greeks yes. that turn into the Romans. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, um, it changes this, hands a lot. Yes. Yeah, so this whole period here, um, the Jews have come back. So at the end of the yeah. um, at the end of the Babylonian mm-hmm. rule, they're allowed to come back to Israel. Okay, um, and they set up the second temple. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, and this all uh, you can you can actually you can read that kind of story. That's in the Bible as well. They come mm-hmm. back and they build a second temple. Yeah, and it's kind of the end of the Old Testament. That's kind of where it right kind of concludes. Yeah, right. Um, and the the Persians allow them to have. Their own religion. The Persians were quite, yeah, good with religious freedom. Persians, the Persians were one of the first empires that, like, you know, they would take you over and yeah. then let you kind of rule yourself for a bit yeah. as long as you pay yeah. tribute yeah. to the Yeah, pay us money and just let's get on with life. Yeah, yeah that's like, right. Which for the ancient world is pretty cool. <laughs> it didn't happen often. It, no, it didn't. It didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, yeah, so then uh, you get the Greeks, which then turn into the Romans. Mm-hmm. Um who were less cool about religious freedom. The Romans were less cool. So in 64, <laughs> so probably the biggest change here then is, yeah, the Romans in 64 BCE uh, conquer um, all mm. this area. Mm. Um, and the Jews uh, lead rebellions. Like they're one of the most rebellious yeah. areas um, yeah. in the Roman Empire. Uh-huh. Um, and so they end up getting like quite brutal governors yeah. being put in charge. There was this um, guy called Jesus as well, I think. Jesus think does suffered, come along. I think he suffered at the hands of the Romans. He, yeah, yes. <laughs> well, a bit of both. He suffered at the hands of his own people and yes. at the hands of the yes. Romans. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so, th- like, and Jesus comes along at a time where there is a lot of... Upheaval. Upheaval. A lot mm. of rebellions were happening yeah. at this point in time. Yeah. Um, and so uh, a lot of the, the Jewish leaders at the time, um, they sort of prosecute Jesus as like this, he's going to lead a rebellion against you guys, Rome. Right. Can yeah. we like let us deal with him then? Yeah. Like that's kind of how they frame it. Okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, although he wasn't leading any sort of military uprising. Famously peaceful. Uh, famously peaceful. <laughs> um, so, and, you know, it, post Jesus as well, mm. um, the – the Jews in in the in Israel at the time, um, lots of rebellions still. Yeah. Um, and it was um, yeah, it was a real time of like, um, like things things were going okay if you were okay with the Romans. Right. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the main. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The main deal, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then post. The Romans, the Roman, so the Roman Empire famously splits into mm. um, under Emperor Constantine, mm-hmm. um, who sets up the Byzantine yep. um, capital, um, and so it changes hands again into the Byzantine mm-hmm. Empire as the Roman Empire, and the Western Roman Empire collapses, yeah. and it, yeah, it kicks on for for a lot longer. Uh, yeah. That gets you to like three ninety mm-hmm. uh, is the Byzantine area, which then kicks along to about six thirty four. Yep. Um, and I thought this was a good place to stop and really focus in a little bit because okay. 634 um, is also the time that Muhammad is kicking yes. about. <laughs> this guy called Muhammad. Yeah. Um, so I thought I thought just quickly, like, yeah. why why do Muslims believe that... They are the rightful. That Jer- Jerusalem yeah. is a, an important place because oh, it's an important yeah. place for them yes. too, right? Yeah. Um, because Muhammad is not hanging around Israel. No. Um, yeah, Medina. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Um, so one of the reasons why uh-huh. is because of uh, one of the things that happens when Muhammad is getting his revelation from mm-hmm. um, from the angel Gabriel. Is how the story goes. Um, he was there was one night he has a dream, mm-hmm. and in the dream, he's like whisked away on the back of this um, creature. I can't remember what it's called now. But it's like a um, it's like a horse with <sighs> this wings. This is where we need um, James. I can't remember what it's called. Um, 
but he's whisked away and he yeah. goes to different places. Okay. And one of the places he goes to is um, the temple yeah. in Jerusalem yeah. where he meets with all the prophets. Uh-huh. So Abraham, Moses is there. Yeah. Um, Jesus is there. Apparently he prays with them. He leads them in oh. prayer. Wow. And then he's taken to heaven from there. Okay. And yeah. he talks with God. Yes. Directly. Yes. Um, so it's like a very famous kind of night in in Muslim history. Yes. Um, where he he's like he gets like divine revelation mm-hmm. about that. And so that, that spot becomes one of the three main so there's Mecca, Medina and, and Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, as one of the, the, the big three. Yeah places yeah and the big three religions now all have a claim yes yes um so uh when the byzantines fall um the um uh, i I did skip over the destruction of jerusalem by the romans as well oh i mean that's fine (laughs) um the romans did like completely destroy yeah the whole town yeah um which was kind of there was punishment for all sorts of things but mm. there was a lot of like the christians were kicking off yeah. as well and yeah. then the jews were kicking off like there was a yeah. whole bunch of stuff going on anyway destruction mm. of jerusalem happens yeah. um but then also when the byzantines collapse we get the first uh, islamic caliphate yes um which is led by the first leaders post muhammad so muhammad mm-hmm. dies mm-hmm. and then the first uh caliphate is set up um had him here what's it called Oh, I didn't write it down. That was silly of me. Do you me. want me to Google? Are you, what am I? <laughs> oh, here it is. The okay. Rush, the Rashidun Caliphate. Oh, okay, yes. Um, and they uh, they took over all of that area that I've been talking about, This mm. like from Turkey to Egypt yeah. well, to Iran, Iraq, all of that area yeah. um, becomes part of. I did Islamic history at uni and, mm. um, yeah, like the spread of the Muslim empire is, <laughs> I'm using the word again, like unprecedented in the speed that w- of which they took over like just huge swathes of land. Yes. Like, yeah, it, it was a really fast-growing empire. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and they were helped into that area because the Byzantine collapse was so yeah catastrophic. Complete. It was, yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah. so... Um, like they just kind of walk into a yeah, va- yeah. power vacuum yeah. <laughs> in that kind of area. You're going to do it. Um, That's the way to do it. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so uh, they, that's the first time that you would say uh, we have what we would call today Arabian mm. uh, people mm. living full time again in, yeah. in this area. Yeah. Um, and large spread demographic change at this point mm. in time. And the yeah. diaspora of the Jews has been going on for a couple of hundred years at this point too. Um, Because they once during the Roman empire, they Mm -hmm. were kind of spreading into different areas into Mm -hmm. Greece and Mm -hmm. um, sort of further North into some of the other places Rome had Mm. kind of moved on to. Um, And so large kind of um, population moves. Mm -hmm. However, there were still under the caliphate, there were still Jewish people living. Yeah. Um, in the area as well. And then we get the Crusades. The Crusades. <laughs> um, what a good time, hey? And so the Crusades happen, uh, if you are unaware, um, the Pope calls for the recapture of the mm. the Holy Land in about 1095 mm-hmm. and a bunch of European people heed the call, come on six, down. Six times? Six Crusades? Uh, no, there's Seven? three. There's only three. No, there's more than that. There was only like one successful one. Three. No, yeah. I swear to God. First Crusade is the most successful. Yes, uh, they, they, they set actually up, they actually take they Jerusalem. set up the Kingdom of Jerusalem I'm and they googling, hold it. I'm googling. You keep talking. Yep. I swear there were more than three Crusades. Yeah. Um, um, <laughs> Crusades were there because then one does eight. Well, eight. okay. There we are. Now he's going to redefine the is, definition of a crusade. Well, no. Well, what? Yeah, no. What do you mean by crusade? Because the, the the three expeditions. There's the, the, expeditions. the first crusade makes it to Jerusalem. The second crusade oh. makes it to Jerusalem. The third crusade stops in Constantinople and doesn't go any further. Yeah, and then that, like one was by boat. And then that's the, it. No others make it. Yeah, but they tried. <laughs> so okay, three actually made it to the Middle East, and five more didn't. Um, but they um, tried. I'm telling you. <laughs> 
<laughs> they're out there. With, there you go. No. Everyone, the, the three of the main ones. That's that's, Daniel. that's pretty yeah, much it. Yeah, of course they're the main um, ones. Like, <laughs> yeah, they still tried. Um, and so um, the uh, oh, I've got issue Sorry, here. I threw you off. I that's threw right. you. Um, and then so yeah, so uh, crusades happen, but then they get kicked out again. Yes. Um, yeah. Um, they get repelled. I mean, as far as a military campaign goes, they didn't run the best of campaigns if they were well, really planning no, on was, doing it. It was problematic um, from the beginning because it, was, it wasn't a uniform force. They were was, from all different countries. It was pretty dodgy. You're fighting very um, passionate people in their homeland. It's, like, it's, it's very interesting if yeah. you, if you, you should, yeah. The Crusades is in, an interesting It's an interesting time. time. Like, yep. yeah. yeah. Um, but then at this point, the, the Mumluks are in charge. You talked about yes. the Mumluks before. Um, I mispronounced and it. And yeah. <laughs> I found out, I didn't know this, but the Mumluks were also in charge during the time when the Mongolians were rampaging. Huh. And the Mongolians um, came to like take over that area too, but the Mumluks repelled them. Are they them. like the one um, peoples that were able to repel the Mongols? Pretty, the Mongols, pretty much. Sorry. The Mongols did come, uh, they did make it in, uh, as far as I could tell, it was like there were skirmishes yeah. within sort of, the yeah. general area. Yeah. Um, and there they stopped, go. they kind of stopped them there. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. So there you go. Good job guys. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, they were conquered. The Mumluks were conquered by the Ottomans. Yes. And then who you might actually have heard of before. Yes, Cause we're actually <laughs> getting to a period of time where Siobhan's interested now. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, the Mumluks uh, was sort of, um, 1291 through to sort of 1516. So yeah. they were there for quite a while, yeah. but um, you know, during during that whole time period when um, when it was a, an Arabian uh, colony, I guess mm. you could call it, mm. um, it was fairly peaceful as far as like um, you know we've been talking about a lot of places conquering mm. them all all the time, like mm. almost constantly. Yeah, um, that period of time. Yeah, mostly under just Islamic stable. caliphates, it was kind of stable. Mm, yeah, um, and then the Ottomans again, yeah. fairly stable as yeah. well. Yeah, well, we've got um, what four hundred years? Four hundred years. Yeah, so fifteen seventeen to nineteen seventeen. Yes, stability. Um, can we account for that? Um, good economy. I mean, yeah, they during we know that during this time period. Um, Whereas we like to say that Europe was not having such a good time. Dark ages. Yeah. I mean, they say dark ages, but <laughs> whatever. Um, we would question that. We yes. would question that. Um, I mean, they weren't having a good time mm. either. Like yeah. it wasn't economically a great yeah. time going on. But mm. in the Mediterranean world yeah. where there was... Strong trading routes. Strong trade. Yeah. Um, lots of learning happening. Yeah. yeah. Um, things were good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's classic like Anglo-Eurocentric type like considerations. But yeah, um, they were, they had a renaissance before us. They had yes. like scientists, mathematicians and all of this stuff that like you'd say, we, we discovered that in the renaissance. It's like, yeah, but the Muslims have been doing it for hundreds of years. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and a lot of that stuff, um, you know, they saved a lot of the classical text. Mm. We, like when, when we talk about the renaissance, mm. the classical text that we rediscovered. Um, <laughs> we we, we, we rediscovered them? because of trade with oh, the Muslims because them. the Muslims had them. Yes. Yeah. And they were yeah. using them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, it was just, a, I think, I think this time period, what, what I would say, I mean, this is my opinion here. Mm-hmm. Um, we love opinions. But <laughs> like it was just that the seed of power had moved mm. from Europe to, to the Mediterranean yeah. for this point in time. Like yeah. that was mm-hmm. like, you know, um, yeah. North Africa was kind of the seat of mm-hmm. power in the world at this yeah. point. Yeah. Um, where a lot of the wealth was. Yeah. I think. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I mean, Asia at this point in time also was famously isolationist. Mm. Um, China was very, doing like they were powerful, but they were just doing, doing their own thing. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although you got the Silk Road, like trading with the yes. East, And so they're exchanging yes. ideas they as are. well. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, um, the the Ottomans, yeah, were very much um, stable, a stable yeah. place. Yeah. Anyway. 
Until. Um, until. <laughs> and like all good things yes, in modern history, World War One. <laughs> yes. Well, we've, I've, I've got even just a little bit before that. Oh, sure. I yeah, was, go for um, it. Like I was just curious about um, like uh, when Jews started moving back to to Israel. And so we know obviously sure. like um, a lot of that happened post-World War Two, mm, um, mm. But it was happening before that. So uh, I've got like the first, and I don't know if it's Alia or Ali, but it's it's what the Jews call like the first moving back. Okay. And it's from about between 1882 and 1903. They think about, it's not many, like 15,000 to 25,000 Jews, but that doubled the population of Jews in that area at yeah, that right. time. Okay. And the reason for that was um, rampant anti-Semitism in Europe. Yes. Um, and so like the yes. growing... Um, so we've got the Zionists then, and I suppose mm-hmm. we'll talk about that yep. in a minute. Yep. Um, so the growing Zionist movement was in response to, um, yeah, a resurgence. Like anti-Semitism's always been a thing, and that's what I tell kids as well when we're uh, teaching it. You know, like it's it's never gone away. When you in look Europe, at like, like yeah, when, when you look at sort of yeah, any anything anything in Europe that's post-Roman Empire, mm, like mm. even the Crusades, it's, like it's violent all, pogroms on the way down to the Middle East yeah. where Jewish communities in Europe are just massacred. Yes. And that was just for kicks on the way down. Yeah, that's that right. The, that and the it's Crusaders just, did that. It's very much um, yeah, instilled in European culture mm, yeah, um, yeah. during that whole sort of thousand year period. Yeah. Um, Which is why like you don't necessarily notice it because it's just actually kind of ingrained. It like, is there yeah, all the time. Yeah. Yep. But there was a, a resurgence of it um, in the late 19th, early 20th centuries. Mm-hmm. And so that's when we're starting to see a growth of the Zionist movement and um, people, Jewish people returning to Israel. So should which, we define what Zionism yeah, is? Yeah, go. Okay. So Zionism is this movement of um, Jews who are seeking to uh, come back to what they claim is their their homeland, their homeland mm. um, and setting it up as um, as such. Mm. Um, but like it's, I always try to think of it more like uh, they. It's it's quite. It's hard to describe. It's this when I was reading about it, it was like <laughs> the, this idea of Israel as um like as the homeland is is a key part to Jewish people's identity. Yes. Whether they're religiously Jewish or, or not. not. Yeah. It's actually like a fundamental part of how they think yeah. of themselves as Jewish. And which, I think that's one of the things about Zionism that's gonna come back, mm. I'm sure we'll come back in further episodes, mm. but like is that it's not just religious. Mm. It's yes. It's a zealous mm racial you can you are you can be racially jewish and not yeah. actually practice judaism yeah um and it, yeah so yeah the belief it comes through the mother's line and so mm-hmm. regardless of whether or not you practice judaism you are jewish yes. and that's how they see you and that's how many see themselves as well yeah so yeah it's, and um, um interesting yeah and so yeah the, the um yeah this will come back obviously but yeah the, just the uh the ferocity with which um early Zionists mm. start picking up the cause mm. as like a, we all need to go back and yeah. we're going to force this to happen yeah. is kind of the and a then, big thrust of what's going on. Yeah. It started to, they, well, they started to organize and form like the world Zionist organization yes. and they had very wealthy, powerful benefactors in Europe, in Britain, in America, yep. um, very wealthy Jewish families that were funding um, the organization and and supporting it, lobbying governments. And yes. that's kind of, in, it's like the late 1800s, we start to see that start. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So now we're like in the 20th century. Hooray. Woo. Siobhan is relieved. Um, <laughs> so, so, and we've got World War One. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so World War One, the Ottomans are on the side of um, Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Australians you, know that because yeah. we fought at Gallipoli. We fought, yeah, well, sometimes people don't well, think about that I mean, kind of thing. So yes. we fought the Ottomans. Like yes. when we say Turkey, yes. we fought the Ottoman the Empire. Ottoman Empire. Yeah. Um, in Gallipoli. Yeah, that's true. Um, don't often make that connection. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Um, and so, um, but also the com- the campaign in Gallipoli was not the only. Um, battlefield for the Ottomans versus the no. Allies. Yes. Um, yeah. And so some people probably don't realize that, like Australians, we mm. we were fighting 
in Palestine. Yes. Um, yeah. During yeah. World War One, yeah. um, we famously our last ever cavalry charge. Beersheba happens at Beersheba. Yeah. Um, I always like to bring that one up. That's <laughs> it's, a. It's a that, I mean, it's a fun fact. It's it is yes. a fun fact. Yes. Suc- a successful cavalry charge in yes. World War One. So Who it's the thought? last ever one. It's not the last ever one. Okay, just I did the look last, that up because I was like, "Oh, it's one. the last ever one, isn't it?" And then I looked it up, and oh, no, it's not oh the last. No. Ex- you know they when were you want to know? On the Eastern Front for Take ages, a guess. Weren't they? Take a guess when oh. the last successful one was. Twenty twenty two. That's a bit too late. It was <laughs> okay. in World War Two though. Oh really? Yeah. They tried cavalry in World War Two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in Poland. Tra- oh okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, but it was successful too. That was successful. Yeah. Probably yeah. the Germans like, we were not like, expecting horses. What is going horses. on? <laughs> we were not expecting horses. Um, well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but yes, a lot of fighting around the Middle East in yes. World War One. Um, yes. Because at this stage, the British have control of Egypt. Yes. Um, they don't have control of Palestine yet, do they? No, or they don't. Yeah, but they're no, they trying don't. really um, hard. So the Ottomans, the Ottoman Empire during World War One is starting to break down. Yes. Um, and so... This this is what facilitates a lot of stuff that's about to come, which mm. is the the breakdown of the Ottoman Empire, yeah. which of course a lot of empires break down at the end of World War One, yeah. mostly on the losing sides. Yes, um, <laughs> and so when the Ottoman Empire starts to break down, that's when you get um, Ataturk mm-hmm. um, being coming the new Kamal. leader of yep. um, Turkey, um, and as that is happening. Britain seizes that opportunity yeah. to well, then. I mean, to be fair, do some not other just things. Britain. France was there. France, France well. wanted their little um, slice. So yeah, a lot of the colonial powers kind of hovering around and 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 anticipating this carve up of the Middle East. Yeah. Um, which I guess leads us to. I think for me, it's like the key document of mm-hmm. this is the Balfour Declaration. Sure, go for it. Um, so the Balfour Declaration uh, was issued, came about on the 2nd of November, 1917. Um, Sir Arthur James Balfour was the British Foreign Secretary. Um, it started off as a letter, um, but then it did become like a British policy. Yep. And in it, it was a promise uh, to, well, it was to Rothschild, mm-hmm. I think, with, um, um, that uh, support for, from the British for a homeland, and the word homeland is very intentional there, Yes, uh, for the Jewish people. Yes. And um, when historians look at what they're doing, uh, like why? It's 1917, it's peak British power. Why are they offering a homeland to these people? And there's nothing in the document that says Britain wants anything, and that's just not very British sure. at this period of time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so historians are very sus on what they were trying to do, um, and and generally the consensus is that they were trying to win support of Jewish people in the two sides that were a little bit iffy, in World War One, at this time, uh, America mm-hmm. and Russia was also kind of on the verge of collapse. So they were trying to yep. win Jewish support um, in those countries by doing it. Um, I mean, one of the things that I thought about as I was reading this, mm. um, because of course, what happens after that declaration mm. uh, is they the, the Britain go to the League of Nations, yep. which is the the proto UN. If you yeah. haven't heard of that one before, we yeah. have, I'm pretty sure we've talked about it, but yeah, um, the League of Nations. Um, is set up at the end of World War One to kind of deal with international politics. Mm. Um, famously missing some big players that kind of make <laughs> it a bit dodgy. Um, but uh, they they get a mandate from the League of Nations mm. to set up this new um, Palestinian region as a homeland yeah. Yeah. for the Jews. Yeah. Um, it ends up being called Mandatory Palestine. Mandatory Palestine. <laughs> which it's I just so think is hilarious. Like, come on, guys. Um, but as I was thinking about what you just said, yeah. uh, the idea of mandatory Palestine, which the League of Nations says, hey, Britain, why don't you look you after it? it. Yeah. You run it. Yeah. And you run like, it for now while like, they're setting themselves up. Shucks, guys. All um, right. Because right. that's so it, yeah. it, 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 it is a so mandatory countries when, when it's called mm. mandatory something or other was because they had a mandate from the League of Nations yeah. to look after the place until it was set up properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which could continue. Which to me but. also kind of said, well, what England, what Britain are doing mm. is they're protecting the Suez. Well, yes. So, like, what, <laughs> I, what I've got here is there's general, like, there's much, much debate sort of surrounding all this, but general consensus is that Britain were trying to gain control over Palestine as, a, like, a strategic imperial interest to keep Egypt and the Suez Canal within the British sphere of yeah. influence. Yeah. Um, they had to side with the Zionists in the United States and Russia, um, as I said. There was intense Zionist lobbying, um, 
between the Zionist community in Britain and the British government and there was some suggestion that even officials in the government were Zionists themselves. And then because Jews were being persecuted in Europe, there was also the sense that maybe some British government members were sympathetic to the suffering of Jews, yep. which is kind of the last point. All of those other strategic ones are probably like more yeah. important to them at the time. But yeah, so it leads to, and, and the word homeland is uh, what allowed for interpretation afterwards because the Balfour Declaration directly contradicts two other agreements that the British right. made during World Classic. War. Classic. Classic <laughs> Britain. Um, so they had the Hus- uh, Hussein McMahon correspondence, which promised Arabs independence from the Ottomans mm. in like trying to win mm-hmm. some Arabic support. Mm-hmm. That was from 1915. And then you got the Sykes-Picot Agreement with France uh, where they agreed, and this was a secret document, yes. all these documents come out afterwards, um, The but the majority of Palestine um, would go to in international administration and the rest would just be carved up between Britain and France, So, which also kind of contradicted the idea of Jews getting their own homeland yes. in, in the area. So yes. they were really hedging their bets. They were. Um, but it seems that I think because of, like this, again, my interpretation, but um, because of the intense... Uh, lobbying from the Zionist mm-hmm. World Zionist Organization and the influence and the wealth that they had, the Balfour Declaration does seem to be the one that kind of um, hangs around after. And mm. yeah, as you said, the British get the mandate of Palestine with the League of Nations, and um, they have to deal with the mess that they've created. Yeah, um, which was messy. It was very messy. <laughs> it was really messy. Yeah, it gets even messier. <laughs> it does. Uh. It does. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so mandatory Palestine is a thing all the way up until World War Two. Mm. Um, but it, um, just prior to World War Two, you get, um, Arab revolts. Yes. Um, yeah, there was actually very strong, um, Arab Palestinian opposition. Um, one thing I was just going to say there as well, though, like the Balfour Declaration also wouldn't have held up unless it had support from those other European nations. And that's yeah. something that people kind of forget. And I was reading about it. It's really interesting. Like America supported it. Woodrow Wilson, like he was like, yeah, no, that sounds that sounds cool. Like do that. And France was like, yeah, all right. Um, but then, yeah, in the face of strong opposition, Woodrow Wilson um, introduced the King Crane Commission um, and they actually recommended modification to the mandate's goals. Um, This was not long. This was in the early 1920s. And then in 1920, you've got the Third Palestinian Congress in Haifa, which direct reject sorry the uh, declaration as a violation of international law yep. and then you've got a lot of revolts happening from the 20s into the, In 30s. the 30s yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um so yeah that uh I, I think along with a lot of what the british were doing at this time they are starting to also lose control of yeah um colonies that they already had yes yeah you got a period of like post-colonial, um, like around the world. Yeah, there and it- so, like, this is not a surprise. No, <laughs> that things did not go well. Um, no. in in Mediterranean Surely Palestine. they saw the writing on the wall. Um, but there, I mean, there's a, so there is a big influx. Of course, like before I started researching this, I always thought the biggest influx happens post World War Two, which we'll talk about. Yes. Next time, but, yeah. um, but there's, no, there's a big no. influx yes. here yes. and now yeah. at the end of World War One. Yeah. Um, so I was looking because um, the actions of David Ben Gurion are mm. also like kind of important, and so like during this time he is um, helping with a lot of illegal immigration right, from right. from um, Europe into Israel to yep. boost the numbers. They realize obviously that they're more powerful in numbers, yes. great yes. numbers. So, um, yeah, so he's doing that. There's a lot of um, like terrorist kind of activity going on. I forget what are the names of the two extreme right wing uh, Jewish groups. Uh, the girl. Irhan and uh, uh, I'm going to Google it. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but yeah, they, in the face of very intense Palestinian um, opposition, so you've got a lot of conflict going on. Yes. And you actually see Britain kind of pull back and they start to pull out. Um, Mm. So, uh, and they issue the white paper. Yes. In, yeah, the yes. white paper is really interesting. So that's in 1939. 
um, where they recommend that um, Jewish immigration is limited to 75,000 over five years and then actually stopped and it makes um, it illegal to sell land to Jews in Palestine. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, obviously they've seen the writing on the wall, but then World World War II II. happens. And um, so really... Um, I guess we're sort of coming to the end of it, which seems wild because yeah. Israel still hasn't been created and yeah, the yeah. Holocaust hasn't happened. Yeah. But um, basically you've got um, – so I've got some quotes from Ben-Gurion here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he says, peace in Palestine is not the best situation for thwarting the policy of the white paper, mm. which is basically him issuing a carte blanche to mm-hmm. – yeah. And um, – during the war, during World War II, about 10% of the Jewish population in Palestine volunteered to fight in the war on British side. Yeah, right. Um, and so his other quote is, support Britain as if there's no white paper and oppose the white paper as if there's no war. Okay. Which is, yeah, so they're okay. playing a really smart game. They yeah. understand that, you know, in order to get their homeland, they need Britain's support. And so they, they volunteered for the war. Also, yep. the British are training them as soldiers. And mm-hmm. so by the time a homeland is established, they have an army ready to go, ready to go. trained mm-hmm. by the best in the world. Yep. Um, but then also you've got those extreme right-wing paramilitary groups that are um, sabotaging British efforts mm-hmm. in Palestine. Mm-hmm. So by the time we get to like the end of the war and it's 1945, 1946, um, you've got Arab non-acceptance of a partition, which is what the League of Nations were recommending at that point. You've got an increase in Jewish terrorism. You've got the cost of keeping 100,000 troops in Palestine after you've just fought a famously long, gruelling, horrific war. And so um, British hand over the mandate earlier than they were supposed to. I think they were just like, we're done here. We're We're done. We're out. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, which brings us up to 1947. Yeah. There's a civil war. Crazy, yeah. Do you have any, like... I didn't go anywhere past this. No, Um, so, like, I just, I literally just wrote 78 to 48 civil war, 1948 the Arab-Israeli war because Israel is um, proclaimed, Ben-Gurion proclaims it, I think it's in May 1948. Yeah, right, yep. And we have the state of Israel. Yeah. And because of what happened in World War II, um, I don't think any of... Countries in the rest of the world wanted to not let that happen, which I I can understand that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's yeah pretty complex, and it is. and we're going to get into. I think what we'll happens. get into more yeah, of that. Yeah. yeah, we'll 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 delve into that yeah. in the next episode. <sighs> Are you okay? <laughs> uh, well, tell ya. It's hard getting back into it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I just said recommended, so. But- Love that we're back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's yep. exciting. So uh, okay. yeah, you can join us next time, uh, and we will do a part, part two. two. I think mm-hmm. we'll, um, we'll we'll talk we'll talk about we'll whether talk. there'll be a part two and three or just oh, a part two. I we'll think, see. I think a part three is inevitable. There's just too There's much, so much, so much, much to cover. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, okay. all right. That's, that's how, how it came, came to this. just by email how did it come to this podcast at gmail.com uh, you can find us on twitter and facebook at hdict podcast uh, if you like the show remember to leave us a like uh, and a review that'd be great how did it come to this is written by daniel matters and siobhan doherty our producer is james tuckwell edited by daniel matters original music by lachlan mcwerder